This is Podcast for Columbus. Recording from Columbus, Ohio, home of the hardest working team, Coda Stewart, Cameron McKay, Max Brunke, and Todd Fichtenberg are talking all things soccer. Columbus Crew, International, Premier League, and everything in between. Welcome to our conversation. Welcome to the third conversation of Season 3 of Podcast for Columbus, sponsored by Argentine Meaty Foreheads. I'm Todd Fichtenberg, and you can find me at Toddrick33, and I'm coming to you live from the Crew Cave in Southwest Ohio. And today I have with me Cam McKay. You can find him on Twitter, at Cam McKay4. How are you doing today? Uh, I'm good. A little bit rusty, but nice to be back for the first time in like eight months. Nice to have you back. Well, it's not like we had a pod going on for eight months anyways. And then also I'm here with Dakota Stewart. You already know his Twitter handle, at Dakota Stewart. Um, how are you doing now that your lobster has scored two goals? I'm doing fantastic. Always good after a win. That's right. We have a lot to cover today, so let's jump right into last night's game. The crew played Dallas Burn, and we won. Won nothing. So the lineups, there was one major change to talk about in the lineup. Of course, we had Zardas up top, and your attacking midfielders were Robinho, Pipa and Santos. Holding mids are Trapp and Artur. And in the back, you had Waylon, Saro, Menson, Offal, and Stefan in goal. I, I'm not looking forward to stop saying that. But uh, on the bench, we had Mendick, Williams, Clark, Jimenez, Mullins, J.J. Williams, and Justin Miram. So there's obviously one change there. Yes. Uh, the, let's talk about the that. change that we asked for, so... Thank you, Caleb, for listening to this podcast and taking our advice into consideration. Uh, it did work out just as we expected. Rubinho was better than Merrim. Let's expound on that a little bit more. Better than Merrim isn't really that high of a standard. Well, no, but it's something that needed to be done, and it was done. I mean, like, Rubinho wasn't like a star. He, he wasn't like a top five player yesterday, but he was still, he produced more than Merrim did in the first couple of games. You have to be honest that when during his play, I didn't think he did that great. And I was like, man, you blew your chance to be a starter. But then Miriam came on and did worse. So I was actually quite pleased with this scenario. And we won. So, uh, Yeah, I thought it was a necessary change to make. I mean, only two games and you don't, as fans, we try not to overreact. And so obviously you don't want your coach to overreact either. But really, I mean, since Miriam has come back from Orlando, he's had maybe one or two good games. So, I mean... It's just the first two games this year didn't really look like anything different. And Rubinho showed flashes when he was on for little periods at the end of the games to start off. Um, I thought, yeah, I thought that's what I wanted to see. I wanted to see Rubinho and Vermeerum. And I thought thought Rubinho brought a lot of energy, brought um, a little, he brought, he definitely brought different attributes to the game than Miram overall. I thought he had a pretty average game, and then he really got gassed about, like, the 60th minute, I think. Yeah. I think it was about the 60th. We started to see him kind of really slow down, and I thought Miriam probably should have came on a little bit earlier than he did. But, um, yeah, I, I think for now we stick with Rubinho, but wing is still a major issue going forward that I would like to see. Yeah, I was surprised. I was thinking 60 minutes, but then again, that's how Burhalter was doing it. Um, I had a thought, and this is where the smarter soccer people can come in because it might be crazy, but we did have some attackers on the bench with J.J. Williams um, and Mullins. Is there any potential we'll ever see them in a midfielder role or maybe a two-up-top role or, or probably not? 
I don't think so. Not to start, not to start off a game. Um, I, I guess like, I should ask a better question. I meant in terms of like, let's say we weren't winning one nothing, or we're down one. You know, it's one one, or we're down a goal. to you know, add more attacking power. Yeah, we're. Or do you talking, think he's always going to strike? Stick with one up top. We were talking in the stands before the game even started. Like, if we're up a couple goals, put in JJ Williams even on the wing. Like, right. if he comes in for uh, Pedro or Miram or Robinho, whoever's starting, just to get some extra. Um, you know, extra strength and for corners or crosses or whatever. I I would have I wouldn't have mind seeing that. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think with. I do think it is weird that we keep two strikers on the bench. I believe we have for at least two of the three games this year. Yeah, both the, the Mullins, past two games it's been Mullins and both AJ. Mullins and Williams. I right. find that a little weird. Um, I know like Sardis has played on the wing in the past, but I really don't see that as a viable option to move him back to a wing and bring a striker on. I think really the only way J.J. or Mullins will kind of see time this year is either when we're giving Zardes a rest or I think if we're down in a game, you could see him come on for a midfielder or even defender and play two up top when we're kind of chasing a game, trying to have more kind of scoring power up front to come back or whatever. But yeah, when you're up 1-0 in a game or even 0-0 or whatever it may be, tied... um, it, it is weird that we have two strikers because I just can't see them getting on because you can't really take Zardes on. He's scores like 95% of our goals. It is also right. like we have a couple injured or not completely fit uh, players like Hansen. He was out. So I think, yeah, he's the one that. Yeah, like Hansen. I think Sosa. I don't know for sure if Sosa has yeah. like a knock or whatever, but he yeah, hasn't even been on the bench either. Arguda, I'm still confused as what his role would be, if anything, because um, he played a different role in preseason. Yeah. Um, but he still got. In attacking positions, so um, so far I'm excited by what I see. But um, but uh, going on to Dallas's lineup, I'd completely forgot they had Baji. Um, and then in the past, like I don't know if I say his name right, Pomacall, Pomacall, and Baji seemed to connect pretty well. So we our defense did a pretty good good job of shutting them down. And then also Gonzalez, I forgot about him. Yeah. Uh, I th- I co- when he came out, I was like, "Oh yeah, that's right. They have Gonzalez, who I reason, think is an I, excellent goalkeeper." I thought he had gone to Mexico. Or like, is that is that like the Gonzalez that? Yeah, that, I think like, he, declared, he did go to Mexico. Well, I don't is think he went to Mexico. Is that the guy that like declared for Mexico that qualified I think so. for both? But he he just but got he ended up not up playing for the U.S. national yeah. team. Oh, so maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I don't know. Like, I was so confused. Two, I don't know. <laughs> if anyone out there listening knows, let us know. If there are two oh. Jesse Gonzalez's or <laughs> right. what, I thought it was the goalkeeper. So maybe FIFA had changed the rules where you're allowed. To it. Yeah, where you're allowed to change. But but I think he's a pretty good goalkeeper, except for the whole gum chewing thing. I cannot yeah. stand when goalkeepers chew gum, and that's yeah, just that's a personal annoying. pet peeve. But that doesn't take away from his playing ability. But um, yeah, so we basically shut them down. And one guy, I, since I haven't paid attention to the lineups, is um, Ziegler in the as captain in the back, if that's like their number one signing to make the team better, he's a 33-year-old player from the Switzerland leagues. So I was a little bit confused as to how all of a sudden he had such a big role <laughs> with Dallas. So Dallas's roster is just weird. It was very honestly. strange. So yeah, I'm gonna be honest. I'm I feel like I'm pretty you know well versed in MLS rosters, but Dallas, there were very few players that I knew much about at all yesterday. Yeah. Um, very weird team. Um, I know they have the. I mean, a lot of. Kid. I mean, they have a lot of academy and young, right. Like youngsters that they're constantly bringing through and swapping out. So, then your hedges and Hollingsworths, who are basically your yeah. your MLS defenders. What was the name of the nineteen-year-old? It was like. What? Where, he where has like a play? Polish name or something. Is that? 
Homacall or whatever? Yeah, I, I think that's who I'm thinking of. Anyway, I saw earlier this week, uh, like, a lot of European teams want him, and they were comparing him to Frankie de Jong, who just got signed by Barcelona. So I'm <laughs> like, oh, but that's, that's a lot of, or that's big shoes to fill. Well, I don't want to jump into listener questions yet, but uh, our defense did shut down their offense very well. So we'll get into our goal where we scored. Um, I was very, very pleased to see Santos taking a corner because no disrespect to Pippen and what he's done in the past. The man cannot take corners anymore. He proved it when he took corners. He cannot clear the first man. <laughs> so when Santos took, went up to, to kick the corner, I was like, oh, something good's going to happen here. And he launched that sucker in. So I, would, I, I don't. Even, if you watch the replay, he doesn't even like. He just like. Oh, it's the same as the hit. last it's one. It's almost like identical. He, he doesn't do any move. flick. Yeah, he doesn't do any flick or anything. And that went in the net. And I tried. Like, that was sorrow, wasn't it? And it was indeed. He scored his second of the season. Yeah, I was. Yeah. Um, the one thing I like about corners this year is that we don't waste two guys. Two guys out there. Yes. Like. I hated that. With... Whalen was out on that corner though. No, but like uh, last year uh, with Greg. Pretty much every single corner we had, Pedro and Iguain were both at the flag, like yeah. trying to trick whoever. Like you don't know who's going to take the corner, which doesn't make any sense. You know how much I hate short corners, so. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but this year that's a good point. Like we only had one person actually at the flag. Maybe there wasn't a guy out like ten yards. Yeah, Wayne was back. He stuck out to me, but other than that, it, yeah, it seemed like everybody was prepared for an actual relaunch. Yeah, I thought, yeah, I think, um, yeah, still, I mean, Pedro, Pipa, both of them don't fill me with that much confidence taking corners, but, um, yeah, it was a good ball put in, and Sarah did a good job just, you know, getting ahead on it, and it went into the net. And... They had a good celebration, too. Yeah, actually, that's on my list. I was going to talk about the celebrations. Um, go ahead. Well, Pipa was rubbing Gaston's head like a magic gate ball. Yep. I thought legend. that was for him to maybe grow some hair. I thought it was good <laughs> luck or something. I don't know. That that could be also. The one that I thought was fun, um, well, Santos, like the huge bear hug, and they clearly, um, I, I just think it all shows good locker room good locker room vibes. Oh, yeah. And even uh, and Zardis was kind of the fun one. They did like a fake like chest bump thing. Yeah. Like where they, they didn't make contact, but that was clearly something that they must do at practice or as friends or something. Yeah, so. and that's something that you like to see, like all the guys having good chemistry and everything. You can tell that they actually enjoy playing together, so that's always a plus. Yeah, not like uh, the my poor guy at Real Madrid, Bale. Yeah. You know, he doesn't celebrate goal, goals when he scores. He's like, "No, I'll be gone with you guys. I don't want to celebrate with you." So yeah, it's it's good to see that uh, we've got some joy when we score goals because that's when you're supposed to have joy. Um, I don't know if this is something that was just me or you, but I kind of felt like. I hate that cliche I say every week, but tale of, almost a tale of two halves. I thought we dominated the first half. This is without stats, so if you've got stats, you can correct me. And then I thought in the second half, I thought that Dallas had, the way I put it is they dominated, but they weren't da- dangerous. Yeah. Like they were always in the attacking half, but they didn't even, crew defense didn't even look bothered by them. Yeah. So I guess from that perspective, it was good, but... Yeah, so in my view, I thought the first half, like, I was like, oh, this is going to be a porter ball. This is great. This is exciting. It was what we saw in preseason. Second half, I feel like we kind of went back to the old way. But, hey, we won, so I don't really – that's not a criticism. It's just a, it's just interest, something I observed. Yeah, first half, we definitely were playing more attacking. Um, and then listening to Caleb's interview after the game, he said that, you know, like, the second half, they, 
they didn't really have a need to go forward as much. So he was comfortable um, having or letting Dallas have the ball because even when they did have the ball, most of the time it was it was in their own half, so it wasn't really a threat. Yeah. So he was saying like, um, second half we were pretty much just defensive, trying to hang on to the game and get the points that we needed. Yeah, that overall overall I thought we played pretty good throughout the entire game. Um, Dallas just really was not threatening at any point in at any, at any point in the match. They had a couple moments towards the end that you were like kind of like oh. The, you know, a Burhalter team might throw this away. Um, right. <laughs> I said this. I scared the whole time. Oh, we're gonna give this away any second. But they never like they they really did not have a single chance that was like overly scary. They did. They did have that one. It was uh in the fifty six. The step and kick save. Yeah. Uh, Trap yeah. gave away the ball and uh, that's right. And that was... Dallas just worked their way up and Zach came out, kicked the ball away, and, and then, then Charles cleared it. Yeah, he cleared it. Yeah, that was really good. Um. But that was what the, was the second shot of goal on goal then? Because it that's was that the only one, one I remember. And then there was another one. It was just like a flicked header right at Zach. Like they was. Oh, okay. Was so is it is you one? Because yeah. that's the only time I was like, oh no. Yeah, but the only like real chance that Dallas has was that one that Zach took care of. Which was yeah, that was a bad giveaway by Will, which he had a couple just really poor passes yesterday, and just got dispossessed on the ball a few times as well. Um, but yeah, I mean overall Dallas didn't really present much um but our defense and midfield did a really good job kind Mm -hmm. of keeping like kind of containing them offensively i don't think we like we had three shots on goal 10 shots overall um overall i thought we didn't really create anything either we had the corner but i mean we we had a couple shots that were like decent but we just didn't really like from even from like a dallas perspective they like really didn't give like us anything either so right. um, we did have that one free kick uh that it was actually hilarious because santos and pe- people were both standing over the ball and nordek is like Iguain, Iguain. and i was like well this will be interesting to see what they actually do i, I wanted Pedro to take that one me too i was like no santos and in my mind um i've never played professional sports i don't even know if they even pay attention or even hear that but to me i thought that was kind of odd like we're basically telling them who should take yeah, the free kick. Like, definitely pick the wrong guy. There, but yeah, because <laughs> he skied that thing. So yeah, that that didn't turn out to be anything. But I did. Uh, we did have a couple other chances, like that one. Um, I can't remember the sequence of play, but Jossie, it was like it fell right in front of him, and he just skied it. It was it was a hard shot for him to uh, to take. I I'm not mad that he missed that, but that was one of our blown chances. And then uh, Pedro did have a. It was like a a meat hook. I hate using that word, yeah. but it, that's what it was. Um, it was like... A finesse. Yeah, it was at, in the 75th minute. He was just running down, and uh, he did he did get a good curve on it, but it was just a bit wide. But, I mean, I like that we're taking shots. Exactly. R- R- Rubinho had a good shot also. Oh, that that's the one that... Because uh, Trap never scores that kind of sort of he meant it, didn't really mean it goal if he doesn't right. take the shot. But yeah, that, uh, the Rubinho shot, that's the one that uh, the deflection fell right in front of Jossie. Yeah. And then he um, he wasn't able to finish, but I, I do like that we're taking shots. Um, both Rubinho and Pedro they looked comfortable um, more so than last year for Pedro anyway. I know Rubinho wasn't here, but um, I do like that we're opening up our attacking style, not just crossing, yep. trying to get it to Jossie every single time. And part of me wonders if that's more stressful on the players because uh, Burhalter clearly had them. This is the system. This is your path. This is what you're going to play. Because even Saro, I mean, Saro, he likes to be, he's, 
he's not in the defensive half as much yeah. as he was under Burrow. But hey, it's working. But yeah, so uh, so part of me wonders if that creates an extra stress on the players too that they have a little bit more flexibility because I think that's what's never mind. We won't talk about Minnesota. <laughs> but yeah, so far, yeah, I think overall, I mean, obviously, seven points through nine games is exciting. That's Very. I mean, definitely would take that heading heading into the year. Um, We're going to win the treble. Heard it here first, folks. Yeah, I would say, yeah. I would say overall, I still, like, I'm not overly excited by kind of our attacking. Um, I, I just, we through three games, we haven't looked that threatening. And, yes, we have, is it four goals? Yeah. Yeah, we have four goals. Um, four goals in three games, which is fine. but And only one conceded, um, so that's good, too. But, um, yeah, it's really been our defense has been excellent, and our offense has done basically the bare minimum to get it done, yeah. which... It's better than some games that in the past where our offense hasn't shown up and our defense has been like all their work left to waste. But right, um, yeah, yeah, we I have said pretty consistently that if we could get, you know, the offense of fifteen plus the defense to like show up at the same time, um, we're still not there on the offense. But like you said, and getting enough done to get the points or get the win, which is very awesome. Yeah, which I mean, I I think. Which I, th- I still think in the summer window we're going to have to bring at least a high-level player and if not multiple players in. Right. Mm-hmm. But it is they, the players we have now also do deserve you know some more time to kind of figure it out. They're not going to be firing on all cylinders right away right. if they ever are. But um, True. I think attacking wingers is our obvious need. Um, but since we're on a high seven points out of three games um, – that we'll hold that off for the future and we're like, what's going on? Why are we losing? Which isn't going to happen. I'm just saying if that happens, then we'll talk about it. I'm convinced we're never going to lose a game. Yeah, we're undefeated in undefeated the, the Porter era. Here we come. era. Um, and in the season two podcast for Columbus. I'm sorry, season three podcast for Columbus era. Um, and then Porter's known for not bringing on substitutions um, and not utilizing them. He used all three in this game. But he waited the 78th minute to bring on Miriam. I thought that was kind of late, but I wasn't yeah. really too upset about it because we had the lead, so it wasn't really a necessity to uh, put Miriam on. But I mean, it was because Rubinho, he was just gassed. Like, we we uh, switched sides. We left the Nordic at halftime and went over to the south end just to see the attacking half. And uh, Rubinho, he, you could tell he was not the same player as he was in the first half. He was definitely a lot more tired. So I would have rather seen... Uh, Justin come on earlier like we mentioned earlier maybe around the 60th minute but um, even when he did come on he didn't produce much so it doesn't really matter yeah I think um, one thing too is like our subs are it's weird because I feel like we do have like some depth and a lot of positions but at the same time we don't really like when you kind of look at our bench it's pretty underwhelming as far as like there's no one that screams out like oh we need to bring them on here we need to bring them on there so Overall, I'm fine with it, especially with the lead at home. We seem very comfortable. Um, I think definitely in some other games, I would like to see you know subs brought in a little bit sooner than that. But, I mean, I can't really complain about it. Yeah, and then in the 87th minute, Clark came in for Artur, but that looked like an injury substitution. So one thing I forgot to check was, does Artur have a knock, or was that just precautionary? I didn't see anything else after the game. I think it was just maybe... Uh, more protection so that nothing happened in the last couple minutes, but I, I didn't see anything after post-game where he had to leave or whatever for, for injuries. Good. And then Jimenez came on in the third minute of stoppage time. 
um, for Santos, that just seemed like a time-wasting substitution. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's pretty much time-wasting, slightly better defender for the last minute or yeah. two. But yeah. Which we needed because, like, all all of stoppage time, it was five minutes added. We are pretty much defending the entire five minutes. That's true. Uh, one thing I will say, <laughs> Miriam, one, all the grief I give him, hashtag hating all season, I usually say well at least he's making great defensive plays but that was not occurring in the 12 minutes he was on the field or plus stoppage time um there was a lot of shaky giveaways and attempted clearances but i won't poop on him too much because we'll have time for that when we do the player ratings <laughs> so, so well, uh, we don't rate subs because that's right we, we only rate the players who actually played the majority of the game right we rate the starting 11 any true so- soccer podcast knows that you don't rate the subs so so we'll start up top with Zardes. Um, I give him a six. He didn't really seem that dangerous. It's not that he was didn't really create any chances. Yeah, and just to reiterate, we're doing FIFA ranking, so four is the lowest. Um, so it's like four to ten. Um, six being like just an average game. Um, Excuse me, are we doing like point fives or? No. You can. Okay. I, in my mind, I, mean, I, it, I just have whole numbers. But you can do a point five. That's point no problem. Five, yeah, go for it. And what you can do is you can say you give a player a low rating, and then when me and Dakota give him a high rating, you change your mind. That's that's also an option. <laughs> uh, that's what happens on the master report. So, uh, okay, I don't listen to anything. <laughs> so cool. But anyway, um, for Jesse, I gave him a seven. I I thought he played well, especially passing around the mid. Um, he was more involved this game um, than we have seen in the past, so I like that. So, um, I mean, he he didn't really have anything that stuck out like amazing, but he played well. Right. Yeah, um, I give Jesse a six. Um, it wasn't a bad performance by any means from him. Um, he just wasn't overly involved that much. I mean, really, most of our attackers were kind of, you know, average, but... Um, yeah, I'll give him a six. I think um, he's still kind of adjusting to... He's one of the players whose roles has kind of changed more so than some of the other players and the difference between the Greg and Porter system. Um, and he's kind of dropping deep, you know, passing more. I think he's, like, averaging over double the amount of passes this year as he... I mean, only through three games, yeah. but this year as he was last year. Um, really kind of, kind of holding the ball up more than he was. Um, so, I mean, yeah, it was a good game. He had the one chance, which looked like a bad miss, but it was kind of from a tough angle, tough finish. Right. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he's our main goal scorer, um, and we're going to need him to score some goals. So And then one other thing just to note, um, listening to Caleb's interview after the game, he was saying that, I mean, obviously you're always going to want to stop their attack as high up at the field as possible, but he was specifically saying that, he was pushing Jossie and people to be the first line of defense when they were trying to counter or whatever, which I'd have, I'd never heard Greg mention any of our attackers trying to defend at any point. So I thought that was a little different than what we've heard in the past. Yeah, definitely. And then Robinho, um, I kind of touched on him a little earlier. I didn't really, I'm not trying to criticize him, but I thought he had some jitters still. I didn't think he was that great. I felt like he gave the ball away a lot and screwed up a lot of passes. But that'll happen. Um, so I gave him a six as well, which I have a feeling will be low compared to you two. Yeah, I gave him a seven. Um, I liked his ball movement in the final third. He was comfortable in the box. Um, there was one sequence where he received the pass from, I think it was EYN who, who gave the ball into him, and there were like three defenders around him, and he just calmly gave it to one of his teammates that were around him. 
Whereas um, if, it were, if it were another player, I don't think that we would have kept possession there. But um, I, I was impressed with him. I, obviously, it's his first game starting, so there may be right. that kind of uh, nervous feeling for him, especially being in a new, new team, new league, new everything. But um, I think overall he performed well. I was happy with his performance. Yeah, I'm pretty optimistic um, for the future, but just for this particular game, um, hopefully it improves in the future. Mm. Oh, yeah, I'll give him a 6.5 uh, right down the middle between you two. Um, yeah, I thought the one thing I the one thing I liked is, is it was a different look. It was a different type of winger than Miramos. Um, Rubino brought a lot of energy, a lot of running, a lot of just like hustle, kind of all over, just kind of flying all over the place. Didn't offer much in terms of like end product or like quality per se, but um, I really liked, I, I did really like just his running. Like, if you're not going to get, you know, a ton of created chances or whatever out of your winger, I'd rather than be like kind of running, flying all over the place than just kind of, you know, sitting around waiting to try and create a chance. Right. So that's actually a great point. I like the energy, I like the speed. Um, so kind of going to the other end of energy and speed, we've got Pipa, who is your playmaker. But I, he seemed to be invisible to me this game, which sometimes is good because that means that you don't really make mistakes. But his, the, <laughs> but the corners he took were pretty bad, um, in my humble opinion. And uh, I don't know. I just wasn't overly impressed this game. So to me, he's either like really super cold, really hot. So I gave him a six this game. Yeah, I, um, I gave Pipa a seven for this game. He had... Uh, a couple really good passes, uh, finesse passes, back heels. Um, he he was just it was it was basically an average game from Pipa, but um, he did have those couple moments of flair where uh, really wowed me from what he what he did. But I mean, it it was he didn't really create any huge chances that I can remember, but he he still had a good game. Oh uh, yeah, I'll give I'll give him a six. Um, the one thing with him over the years is he, like Todd said, he is very hot or cold. He's either, you know, noticeably bad or he has a good game. One thing this year is I felt like he's been very kind of steady across like the middle. His performances have been a very average, not bad, not good, um, which in some aspects I like. I like kind of that he's a little bit more consistent, even though his level isn't as high as it has been at some points in the past. Um, so, yeah, I thought... Towards the end of the game, I thought he made some kind of questionable plays in the attacking third, but um, overall, I don't think he was bad. I just thought it was kind of a quiet game from him. All right, and moving on to the uh, best attacker we had that wasn't a defensive player, um, Santos. Um, without the goal scorer and without the goalkeeper, um, I thought Santos was the best player on the pitch. Um, before the game, I had planned on counting the number of times that Santos fell to the floor versus the number of times Miram fell to the floor. But I really couldn't do that this game because Miram didn't play. I counted this particular game two questionable falls for Santos. Um, just two. So he pretty much flopped the entire game. Yeah, the entire game for all 90 minutes plus extra time. He spent the whole time on the ground. Good. So I give him an eight. <laughs> uh, yeah, I gave Pedro an eight as well. Um, he had a great uh, corner taken for the goal. A um, couple good shots that... What I noticed this year, what we've seen from Pedro so far is his shots are more variable. Um, whereas last year he pretty much shot at the goalkeeper every single time, but this time he's uh, getting it around the keeper. He hasn't gone in the net yet, but um, I do like what we're seeing from Pedro this year as opposed to last year. Um, he had a couple really good runs. 
uh, right on the right on the line, keeping the ball in bounds, getting good passes in. Um, I, I was impressed with what what he did yesterday. Oh uh, yeah, I'll give uh, Pedro a seven point five. Um, he definitely deserves some credit for the assist, of course, creating our only goal. Um, I think overall this year he's looked a lot better. Um, kind of just looks a lot more dynamic, a lot more. I mean, you just feel like he maybe could potentially do something this year where there were times last year where was just like, okay, why is he out there? <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, he looks threatening at points. And um, this year I've too noticed he like plays a lot more central when the ball is swing, swings to the left side with uh, Waylon or Rubinho or Will, whoever may be over there. He kind of really comes in and then Higuain says every seems to be like playing really well kind of with Higuain, giving him kind of some support in the midfield as far as, like, the creating goes. Um, and I think, yeah, overall it was – he didn't do anything, like, you know, crazy, but I thought it was a good game, and he was probably our most threatening attacker. Mm-hmm. All right, and then moving on to the midfield, um, Artur, I don't really have anything in way of – anything he did excellent or anything he didn't do excellent, but uh, I gave him an eight because he seemed to, again, defensive performance – Shut out. So, give the holding midfielder or at least our turn eight. Um, I'm giving Arturo a seven for this game. It was um, pretty average. I, I didn't see anything that, like stuck out as too impressive. Um, he he did help the team get a clean sheet. Um, so I guess overall it, it was a little bit better than average. Yeah, I give Arturo a seven. Um, I thought it was a pretty standard game from him. Um, maybe not as maybe not his best game. Because um, I think he is one of our most over since he's been with us. I think he's been one of our most consistent performers, and probably one of our best players. Um, yeah, I thought it was. I mean, didn't really do. Wasn't you know an amazing you know man of the match level performance, but he didn't do anything to hurt the team either. Uh, just a pretty standard decent game from a a number eight. So um, yeah, seven. All right. So our other holding midfielder, Mr. Trap. I. Didn't think he was terrible, but there were a couple, at least one horrible giveaway, and that's the one we talked about already that went that almost went to a goal if it wasn't for uh, Stefan and Saro. Um, but other than that, we all know he's he always passes long balls instead of short, quick passes. So um, I'll give him a seven. Uh, Trap, I think he was the worst player on the pitch for the crew yesterday. I give him a five. Um, Honestly, I'm just disappointed because I know what he is capable of. He's not playing these first couple games uh, to the level that he was last year or what we've seen in years past. Um, so, I, in my opinion, he needs to pick it up. Uh, yeah, I give Trap a five. I definitely agree. He was probably the most underwhelming player um, on the team yesterday. Um, I think for him, I mentioned Zardes and his kind of a few little changes in the system for him this year. I think Will has probably overgone like the biggest kind of change um, with Porter coming in. Um, Last year, he was mostly just playing in possession. He was almost just playing as a third center back, dropping between the two of them, Um, really kind of looking straight on with the whole field in front of him to make passes, kind of look for openings. The only pressure he really faced from defenders in the press was coming directly at him where he can kind of see and pick out who's open. Um, I think this year he's being asked to kind of get forward a lot more, play kind of in a lot tighter spaces, 
with kind of people coming at him from all direction, making passes that he's not used to making, kind of having to see things that he doesn't have as much time to see as he did when he was kind of sitting between the two center backs with the whole field in front of him. Um, and I think he's looked kind of sketchy with that at some point. Um, I thought he had a couple really bad giveaways, some just on the ball and some uh, via pass. But um, overall, I mean, I'm not going to overreact too much yet. There's um, It's three games. Uh, I mean, it's a for him, it is a completely new role. And, I mean, he definitely deserves some time to kind of figure it out. Um, and so, I mean, that's not even something that I would be overly concerned about until you know 10 15 games in right. but um yeah poor yeah, we'll game from him but he's yeah. good we'll see how it goes with el capitan coming up um and then waylon francis welcome back um i know we criticized him the last couple episodes at least from my perspective again he didn't really lead to any goals but he also didn't lead to any dallas goals um i saw him making some crosses and he seemed to hustle um so i gave him an eight um, for Waylon, I'll give him a seven. I think from our back four, he was one of the ones that didn't really have too much to do. Um, I, I feel like we played more on the right side uh, as opposed to the left side. Um, but we did get the shutout um, with him having an average game. I'll just give him a little bit above average with the seven. Uh, yeah, I'll give Waylon a 6.5. Um, definitely was pretty solid in defense. Um and definitely deserves some credit for you know being a part of that clean sheet. Um, didn't really put a foot wrong in defense. Um, it was just attacking wise. I mean, we did really kind of. It did seem like we kind of favored the right, or when we were on the left, it was mainly, you know, with Rubinho. Um, so yeah, I'll give him. I'll give him a six point five. I thought he didn't really get involved in attack too much, as much as I would like from him. Um, had a couple plays, but overall, it was a pretty quiet day. Um, bombing up the field for him. So, yeah, 6.5. All right, yeah, one thing I actually forgot to mention, I did notice, too, that he seemed to overlap a lot with um, Rubinho. They seemed to be in each other's way. I don't know if that's – that might be odd, but I was thinking back to, like, when Awful and Finley had to figure out how to work well together. Yeah. Um, I think that's just lack of playing time yeah. together, but nothing to worry about. Yeah, then Mensa, um, same thing. I, I only remember one misstep um, that led to Keystone Cops moment that just bunk, 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 but um, we ended up clearing it. So still got the shutout, so I can't be too upset with him, so he gets an 8 from me. Um, I gave John a 9. I thought he had a really good game. Um, got the clean sheet against a tough opponent. Um, I was really impressed with everything that I saw from him. Uh, yeah, I gave him a 9 as well. Um, I mean... Beside from besides two of the guys we are yet to talk about, um, I mean he was right up there as one of the guys yesterday. Um, just really for the last year plus now, just kind of a what we expect from him. Um, just a good game. Um, didn't really put a foot wrong. Just, I mean, zero go- the zero goals from Dallas speaks for itself, and he was a big part of that. So yeah, right. Nine. All right, and then so Gaston Saro, um, he gets a four. Oh, just kidding. Um, he gets a goal and a shutout, so, I mean, he's got to get a ten. And as Dr. Pete tweeted, who's the man of the match? Saro, Saro, or Saro? Yeah, exactly. I don't think that you can argue with that. Uh, he was definitely man of the match, got a ten from me, and uh, he is fighting for the golden boot, so let's go. 
Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, there's not much really to add to that. I mean, okay, Dwight. <laughs> when, Ooh, that hit me hard. <laughs> when, when a center back gets you a goal and a clean sheet without really giving the ball away at all, really giving um, the other team any chances, I mean, it's got to be a 10. I mean, it's, I mean, it's kind of like, you know, that's one of the best games Gaston has played in his career. Right. So it's just like, yeah, 10. All right. And then. Uh, moving on to Awful, um, his rating from me is kind of similar to what you guys talked about, Waylon. Um, I didn't feel like we really had any uh, much attack going on on the right side. Um, so from that perspective, again, got the shutout from the defensive side, but he gets this overall seven from me. Um, I gave uh, Harry an eight. I'm not sure if I just was watching him more because he was over on our side most of the time. Um, but I did see him uh, you know, doing his normal thing, uh, staying right on the line getting the passes in and out where needed um got the clean sh- uh, got the clean sheet so he was part of that um the, the whole thing i think he had i think he had a really good game uh yeah i'll give him a seven um i thought overall defensively was fine there was one moment in the first half where he kind of got caught out of position but then jonathan kind of stepped in and covered for him um other than that i thought he had a good game defensively um, and then I gave him a 0.5 over Waylon just because I think he got involved in the attack a little bit more. But overall, kind of a just, yeah, average average attacking game, below average attacking game, but his defending was good. So, yeah, seven. All righty. And then moving on to our goalkeeper, Zach Steffen. Um, he does get the shutout. Um, he does have the one save, but um, I still give him a nine because he really didn't honestly have that much to do. So I'm still giving him a nine. Yeah, I gave him a 9 as well just because uh, the 10 goes to the man of the match, but he was the second choice. Um, he had a really good save that we mentioned earlier um, where he kicked it out with his foot, but overall he didn't really have too much to, to worry about, but we still got the clean sheet. That's still good for him, so good for Zach. Yep, 9. That's what I gave him. Um, pretty much everything that they said. Um he had a couple kicks in the second half where it looked like the wind really messed with them. Yeah, so that's it's true. not really something to, you know, mark against him, but it was just kind of frustrating. But um, we got the win. He was good. Nine. Yeah, the, that's actually a good point because I thought the same thing because he's typically not like that. But in the second half when it was really, really windy, I did see one go perfectly down the center to the circle. I was like, wow, that's pretty impressive. Mm. Um, and then we don't rate substitutes here, but we will rate the referee crew. I am going to try to do a small segment in the future. Um, talking about the refs because that's kind of – I like to do it. I know that these guys probably don't care that much. But um, the, the ref's name – I don't even know how to say his last name. was Alex Chickalickwickets or something. <laughs> that's probably perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I do apologize. Um, but prior to this game, he had 11 USL matches, 24 NASL matches, which is even worse than USL, four US Open Cup games, and then this was his fifth MLS game. And so in 2017, he ref three, and then last year he refed one. So previously in MLS, he showed 14 yellow cards, one red card, and one penalty. I mean, this match, he showed just two yellow cards. I personally thought he was solid. Um, he communicated well with players, and it just stuck out to me because you'll see in the Premier League, you'll see a lot of refs like calling players by their name. But he'd be like, Will, Will, do this, do that. And he's like, um, awful, it's a throw, not a foul. You know, he, so he's shouting at people, and he called him awful, not Harrison. So I knew he wasn't cheating looking at the back <laughs> of the jerseys. <laughs> so, um, and he was actually fit. 
and he did a lot of advantage calls, which in MLS, they're so quick to blow the whistle, it drives me yeah. crazy. So even though some of the advantages led to nothing, well, at least he called, you know, at least he called the advantage. So my two complaints for him is he did not send Acosta off for a clear second yellow. Yeah. Um, that was really frustrating to me because he had a solid game otherwise, but Acosta had, um, in the first half, he had the, um, uh, he had a yellow card. And then... Later, it was a clear tactical foul that the ref was just like, yeah, whatever, you know, I'm not even going to book him. So that was one complaint. And then the second complaint was he seemed to be in the way all the time, but but at least the ball never hit him. Um, so from that perspective, I, I give the referee crew a nine. I don't know if anything stuck out to you. I was really, really worried about this game. I was worried about the whistle blowing every 30 seconds, about penalties, red cards, whatever. But uh, But I was pleased with how how the refereeing went yeah i mean I, I really don't have anything to complain or anything much to add um there was one instance that i think it was a second half uh we were attacking uh there was a uh a challenge right on the edge of the box um i, I can't remember which player it was i want to say it was rubino but i'm not 100 percent sure but anyway a uh, player went down and he just let play on i would have rather have him uh call the foul for a free kick it, it was outside the box it would have gone to VAR probably to review for a penalty but uh, that was the only thing that I really noticed that he missed that was maybe game changing uh, I mean we, we still we still got the three points and everything but that was a goal opportunity in my opinion that was missed but um, overall um, nothing really to complain about so you're saying Rubino is the one who went down and the call there? From what I remember, I don't remember. Yeah, exactly I think I re actually rewatched it, it one on TV. Actually, I don't think there was contact. I was remember being very surprised that because um, I thought for sure live too. I'm like, oh, that should be at least looked at. But right. But um, reviewing it, I I don't know. Um, this is going to be another criticism. Not it, this is more in line of the jerseys. So we wore black at home. Yeah, stupid. They wore white. And the referee wore yellow at home. I hate when they do that. And also the ref wore black socks. Well, we wore black socks. And that, I mean, I know that's dumb. That's dumb analyzation from me. But you're not supposed to wear the same color socks. The goalie, the ref, and each teams are all supposed to have different color socks. And so the Columbus that was crew needs to wear yellow every not time. Not the referee crew. Yeah, exactly. So one other thing I wanted, last thing I comment before we move on, is that the AR... <laughs> In front of me, the one closest to Nordeka, there was a point where I had PTSD where the ball almost went out of bounds over the sideline. But that ref was standing perpendicular watching the sideline. I was like, oh, man. Corey Parker, take notes. Yeah, where were you in 2015, sir? Where were you? We'll never get it over that. So a couple other crew-related crew items. Uh, before we get into yes. that, do you want to do Twitter questions? We did have a couple um, good questions that we can sure, take a look at. Sure, let's do it. All right, so looking through a... We're going to create a hashtag, hashtag AskP4C. P4C. <laughs> or just tweet at Celebrity Fan Dakota Stewart. Yeah, you can, he'll, he'll take I care. Mean, he'll take note of it. Or just DM him and whatever. tell him um, what you think of his hot takes. <laughs> whatever. Okay, so um, going down the list, we had a question from Mike Hudson. He said, um, how do we play Dallas, New York, and in a away game and only concede one goal combined? Um, I feel like we because our defense that. is awesome. Yeah, I feel like we touched on that yeah. quite a bit. Uh, we just have rock solid defense. Yeah, I think, um, I think Jonathan Mensah was one of the best defenders in MLS last year, and I think um, Zach Steffen was the best goalie in MLS last year. And is 
And now we have Gaston Saro, who I think is really kind of starting, maybe not all the way back, but is kind of starting to find that player that we brought in on a TAM contract back in 2015. That was our best center back for our MLS Cup run, I think. I mean, yeah, we I think we have two, you know, above average, very good MLS center backs and Zach Steffen. And then I think Harry and Waylon are serviceable. Agreed. And one cool thing about Saro, too, that I just keep forgetting because I remember being high on him, you know, when he first came in. But just thinking that he had two knee replacements in the last 18 months, like, it's just, it's mind-boggling how he came He doesn't in. play like he He like doesn't. He I even turned to the guy next to me. The guy's like, oh, that number 22. I brought a friend who doesn't come very often. He's like, oh, that number 22, He um, he's a defender and he scored? And I was like... Yeah, I think that guy had two, two knee surgeries in the last you know year and a half. He's like, really? Wow, you'd never know it. Also, I think one thing, I don't want to overreact to this. It's three games in. We have a long way to go to kind of see what we've got. But um, there does seem to be a better mentality with the team this year in terms of defending and right. being safe. Um, if you look at, I don't know, I don't want, I don't want to like you know throw this all on Greg, but. I feel like, you know, that first game against the Red Bulls, I feel like, you know, their past few years where we allow another goal and lose that 2-1. Mm-hmm. New England, instead of getting the second goal to go up 2-0 in stoppage time, we would allow a goal and it'd be 1-1. And then, I mean, even yesterday, Dallas, you know, gets the late equalizer. And I think, you know, there's just there's just kind of a mentality this year through, through three games where it feels like, you know, everyone... It's, we're kind of a... In a way, not to say Greg wasn't focused on winning, but we're a lot more focused on getting the result than making sure we're playing a beautiful system. Yeah. Well, one thing I remember from Greg is Greg would say, Are my system's going to leak goals. That was literally his mentality, and I'm sure that that came through the players too. His goal is to score a lot of goals and leak a lot of goals. And hey, if, right. if, we, if Porter's made our defense solid and can get our, uh, our offense going i mean we'll be a team to reckon with and i feel like if we still had greg as our coach we would have seen even through the first three games we would have seen a different center back pairing whereas caleb he from the get-go he's like i want two guys to be our starting center backs and then we'll go from there but i really like that we're consistent um like cameron mentioned we're we look a lot more comfortable more relaxed in the back so I, i don't know what exactly the change is that caleb's bringing in but i'm all for it and um, this is Caleb's league. Yeah, I think yeah the center <laughs> yeah the center back pairing is a good point. Um, I mean yeah through three games it's again only th- only three games. We're not overreacting. I here. always <laughs> always feel like I have to preface that, but um, yeah I think Saro and Mensai Porter seemed to really really set on those two being his guys, and Williams I believe has been on the bench all three games or two of the three games. I believe it's been all three. Yeah. I know, Anyways, I know the first I, game yeah. we had like two center backs. No. I think. Oh, yeah, you're right. Williams was the first one because I was shocked that Mullins was not Um, on the bench the first one. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, anyways, I think that could lead to to some interesting conversations down the line, but I think we'll hold off on those for today. Yeah. And then um, moving on to next couple questions from Christian. Uh, We have um, thoughts on why why is uh, Porter taking so long to get substitutes on the field? Well, I think we touched on it a little bit. Porter in the past has shown at Portland that he's not – is one of the, his biggest criticisms of Portland fans was that he just doesn't utilize substitutes. I don't know if there's any other reason other than that. Yeah, he seemed, yeah. in Portland he did seem – just like so far here, he seems very set on like 
you know, certain players. Um, and I also, yeah, we, we talked about this earlier, but I think it's just, we also like, we have good depth at, you know, center back, um, and striker, but, um, as far as like positions you'd kind of bring on as impact subs, we don't really, at the moment, we just don't really even have those per se. Um, so yeah. Um, why? I mean, I don't know, (laughs) but, um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah. I mean, I, I think he's just, he has his set 11 that we're going to try to go out with every week, um, that we've seen so far anyway. And especially from the past couple games, you haven't really seen anybody that like needed to come out. Um, aside from Miriam, who had a poor first couple games, but um, aside from that, uh, the cha- the changes that were made were made, I guess, at the right moment. Uh, Rubinho was subbed out yesterday because he was tired. But I mean, I feel like we're just going to go out with the best team possible and keep them on the field as long as we can without without um, putting them at risk for injury or whatever. Yeah, as far as, yeah, as far as impact subs, one thing again, not to get ahead of ourselves. In the summer window, if we do, you know, bring in a high-level attacking player um, who would slot in kind of on that left wing or right wing, you know, with, along with uh, Pedro and Higuain, um, I think that Rubinho could kind of be like that impact sub that we see coming on, you know, every game, kind of like, you know, almost kind of like a Cedric during our MLS run. Right. Um, but, yeah. Yeah, and th- uh, you actually just answered his second question, which was, um, any thoughts about people on the bench and why do we not have a uh, game changer substitute? So I've heard a lot of talk about Rubinho being that guy. Um, maybe, maybe Rubinho is not going to be that guy. Maybe Miriam will, Miriam will be that guy because that's b- both how he and Finley got their starts in the team in 2013 2014 era. Right. They always came off the bench to kill off the game, and then they both showed that they're capable. So maybe Miriam will actually be uh, the impact. Nobody wants to be that. No professional soccer player, especially when he had a season like he did in 2017. But maybe that's the role he's going to have to play for now. Yeah, I also think Nico Hansen when he gets back could kind of be that pacey guy that comes on and can get a goal. He was our third or fourth leading goal yeah, last year with only three goals, but still, I think he could kind. Of, I mean, right. between him and Rubinho and Miram, I think we would kind of hope that one of them could kind of turn into that player to be kind of a impact sub if we need. Yeah, and of course we need to get Argudo in there too. So. Yeah. Okay. Um, and Sosa. So, so I always forget about so, so. <laughs> All right, and then um, I guess uh, last yeah, we, we covered related, that question too, basically. Yeah, last crew-related question that we had come from uh, Thomas Costello. He said, buried injury, do you see a situation where Miriam starts again? Um, I think it's too early, like too, too early into Rubinho starting to kind of rule out Miriam. Um, I think, you know, Rubinho could play his next game and be awful and Miriam's right back there in the starting 11 so no I think that Miriam definitely um although in like in my eyes in like scenarios that I would like to see Miriam does not really have much of a future right um you can't rule him out it's he's was way too good of a player previously at points to you know completely rule him out as a starting winger for Gomez Crew. yeah I feel the same way I don't think we can rule him out but I think that it's going to take some time it's going to he's going to have to do more and especially if he doesn't do anything more before the transfer window I'm not saying we'll transfer him out but I think we're definitely going to transfer somebody in who who will take a spot in a heartbeat yeah just going off that I I'm more comfortable with Rubinho starting just from what I've seen uh yesterday i guess <laughs> but um but i think um miriam he just has to prove himself 
Um, even coming in yesterday for the last 15 or so minutes, he didn't really show that he, or he didn't really show like too much. I, I Which, know. yeah, I mean, it was also we were up one, though, trying to, you know, keep the lead yeah. rather I mean, than going for another goal. But yeah, right. Like we can't judge Miram on yeah. what he did yesterday because I think yeah, it's really too early to make any kind of, you know, major assumptions about any right. players. But I mean, yeah. Definitely would like to see a little bit more out of him, but he by no means is done. <laughs> and just to repeat what we've said on an earlier episode, Justin Miram is not a starting winger to win MLS Cup, in my opinion. Correct. I agree. From, from, what, from where he is right now, given his current uh, form, we're not going to win MLS given Cup. Given his form yeah, since, since, since playoffs 2017. Yeah, if he yeah. can somehow go back to what he was in 2015 yeah, no. and 16, we can definitely yeah. use him as a key piece to fight for MLS Cup. But from what we saw last year, what we saw in preseason, and what we've seen so far this year, he's not at that level anymore. Yeah, that's fair. All right, well. All right, yeah, that was the last uh, crew-related question. Um, So for next week, if you have any other questions that you feel like you need an answer to, go ahead and send them our way. Yeah, tweet any of us individually. Tweet at podcast for CBUS. Sorry, Bob O'Shaughnessy. And or... Use the hashtag AskP4C, and we'll do our best to answer your questions. And maybe I'll even do some bump music one of these days. Um, so a couple other news around the Columbus crew is Alex Cronali was put on loan to Indy 11 on Friday. Um, he did actually sit on the bench. I don't think they made any subs. At least if they did, I couldn't find it. Um, but I actually like Indy 11, and I've been to a game or two. Um, well, actually, just one game. I've also seen Detroit City. Um, so if I'm ever traveling in the area, it'd be a fun game to watch. Um, one thing, they play at Lucas Oil Stadium, which is NFL turf, in a big empty stadium. So I kind of liked where they played before. They played at the Indiana University, Purdue University of Indianapolis, Carroll Stadium, which I thought was really a cool, nice, like, tight venue. Um, so hopefully he gets minutes. Um, we have, like, the best pitch in the league versus, like, an NFL pitch. So I hope that doesn't, like, ruin his joints as a young man. But, <laughs> but um, so that's unfortunate. But it's a good thing for the crew that we have such depth at center back, finally. So, Yeah, I mean, there's nothing to complain about. We're not going to take off Mensa or Sorrow anytime unless for for some injury reason. And Cornelius is just down on the pegging order. Um, we have Josh Williams. We have Lalas, who are both better than Cornelius at this point. Um, so, I mean, it, it's really a good move for him as a professional. It's good for us because... Um, we get to utilize him if if we do need to call him back, but um, I'm I'm happy with this loan. Yeah, I'm happy with it too. Um, I think he should get minutes fairly easily there. Um, I would hope. Um, but yeah, I mean he's a clear fifth in the pecking order for right now. I mean he's it would take a lot for him to get anywhere near this current team we have. So um, yeah, I think it's it's a good move for him. Um, it's nice that it's close by, too, opposed right. to him constantly flying between California and Columbus if we do need to bring him back for any injuries or suspensions, just to have a little bit more depth. Um, it's just a you know, three-hour driver, however short of a flight that is. Um, so, yeah, that's good, and hopefully he gets minutes and does well, and down the line in a few, a few years from now he can be something for us or a piece that we can use to get something else. Um, I did want to touch on a couple other small topics. Um, one is there was a lot of angst and stress going on about attendance. I have a small hot take about attendance. I don't really care. Um, I know that 
I personally was hoodwinked by the pre-court administration, by the Lafayette administration. Um, so I am hashtag cautiously optimistic with the new ownership group. But there are a few things. I mean, that's on them. That's not on us. We can tell everybody. We can bring people to games. They've had three games, and they started in January. So give them some time to get people in. And hopefully, even if we get a new stadium one day, maybe it'll happen. Let's just celebrate that we have a team to watch. I'm going to go to games regardless of how many people show up. So let's enjoy our seven points, and let's relax about the attendance. Yeah. I think attendance is just getting too much attention as we're sitting here talking about it. But uh, hopefully this is the last <laughs> time that we even have to mention it. That's why I wanted to um, bring it up to me, to say it's not even a topic in the future. Yeah, like I, I'm just tired of seeing people make all these kind of excuses. Like it, we shouldn't have any kind of problem selling out a 20,000 stadium or 20,000 seat stadium with the size of Columbus and all the surrounding cities. Um how do we fix that? I don't know. That's not my job to figure out. Exactly. Um, but I'm not worried about it at all. I'm just tired of hearing people talk about it, make excuses, because there is no excuse. Um, we should easily be able to fill the stadium. Um, we have a great product on the field. We have great new ownership. Um, and I'm I, I'm fairly confident that uh, within the next couple of weeks, it's going to get better. All right. You got anything, Cam? I have no comments on this oh, subject. Oh, man. <laughs> Come on. One thing to note, I do like at the beginning uh, the new video that they're showing with Yellow by Coldplay. Oh, yeah. No, I, I agree. I, I do like I it. I can't believe I never even thought I never even thought of that song. I think it's just like it's an emotional song. It getting is. you ready for the game, you know, getting you in the mood. I like yep. it. Yep. And it's awesome because we are the yellow and black team, so it works out perfect. We weren't yellow yesterday, so. True, we were black. Whoever decided on that, take your L. Yeah, we're going to skip um, going around MLS because most of the Eastern Conference games are still either going on or tonight, so it really wouldn't make much sense because we don't really know what the standings are. I think regardless of what happens with uh, Cincinnati or Philly, we're still going to end up in second place. Yeah, and I do have to take the L because um, I was dissing on Cincinnati last week and they ended up tying Atlanta. So all of my early predictions are going out the window. Wayne Rooney, he scored a hat trick. <laughs> sure, RSL got two red cards, but I mean, I said he was going to be a flop. I said Atlanta's going to be, is going to win the Supporter Shield. <laughs> they tied Cincinnati. So um, so anyways, so I was wrong about that. I enjoy your t-shirt um, that you got your first point in MLS. Um, I don't really care that, <laughs> this is going to be the lawyer in me, but everybody's like, oh, it's just a joke. That's a licensed product that doesn't, if it's a joke, it still went up the chain and got improved by the bosses of FCC and by the bosses of MLS. So Cam's going to have no comment. <laughs> so I'm doing all the controversy. Direct all your hate mail to at Todrick33, but I want to keep it real. Um, so next week we'll be playing Philly at the Talon Energy State. Well, not we, but the Columbus crew will be playing Philly at the Talon Energy Stadium in Chester. Um, it's a 7.30 kick again. I have to be honest, I've loved these 2 o'clock and like 4 o'clock kickoffs. It's yeah. been wonderful to have time before and after uh, to, to, you know, I enjoyed to hang the, out. I enjoyed our afternoon games. So the Philly game against Atlanta is later tonight, so we won't really know um, that much about how Philly will look, but they currently have zero points. Um, if Atlanta poops the bed like they did against Cincinnati, um, well, then maybe Philadelphia can pick up points. But... Um, you know, they have David Akam, they have Bedoya, they have Cullen, who's like a red card waiting to happen. Um, so, Marco I, Fabian. even though, oh yeah. Yeah, um, the new big signing. 
Oh yeah, even though we are uh, typically not getting points on the road, um, we won on the road last week. So you know we, why? This is Caleb's league. Yes. So I mean, <laughs> I'm gonna be go out on the limb and I'm gonna predict the win. I'm gonna predict we're gonna beat these uh, Philadelphias, and I'm gonna do the Josie Marino score line where we score early and then um, defend well. So I'm gonna go one nothing crew against Philadelphia. Um. I'll go two to one crew. I hope we can get um, a couple goals. Um, hopefully, Jossie can get one, and then I would love to see one from Iguain. I don't really care who scores for Philly. Um, but, yeah, I'll go with two one crew win. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, yeah, on the road in MLS is always uh, – I mean, you really go into those games hoping, you know, for a draw at best. Um, Philly's a team that I – even coming into the year, did not rate very highly. Um, I think they're definitely a team that we can go into their place and get a win, just like we did in New England. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, 2-2 draw. Um, looking at the past, uh, last year we played Philly three times. First game was in Chester. It was a nil-nil draw. And then two months later, we played in Columbus, uh, crew taking the win and that. 1-0 with the Jossie goal, and then later on in the year in September, we were back in Columbus against the Chester Union. That was a 0-0 draw as well. So past three games last year, we only scored one goal, but they scored zero. Um, so take that for what what you will. And then our all-time record against the Union, uh, the crew is up. We have 14 wins overall, three draws, and Philly have won eight times. Yeah, I think they're one of the poorest teams in the league again this year. Hashtag save the union. But uh, at least they have that cool bridge behind their stadium. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that I, is cool, actually. I have to go yeah, there and visit them, you know, to make sure I take that, to get the picture up there. But um, Another thing to make note of for next week uh, our starting 11 is probably going to be quite different than what we've seen in the first couple games because of international duty. That's right. Um, Zach, he was called up, but earlier today they said that he took a knock or whatever in the game yesterday or earlier on in training this week, so he's no longer going. Um, Jesse Mar- or Jesse Gonzalez is going to be replacing him. Ironically, he was in the game yesterday. Um, but Trap, Jossie, they're called up for U.S. Men's National Team. Justin Merrim was called up for Iraq, and Waylon Francis was called up for Costa Rica. So, um, are we confirmed missing all those guys for Saturday? No, I, I don't know if they're or, all going to be out. I just know that they're called up for this international assume, window. So yeah. I'm just assuming we, we don't have any confirmation right now, but those are the four positions that we might be, uh, we might have a B player. Um, I would assume for Waylon, Hector's going to be in for him. For Merrim, it's going to be Rubinho, I would assume. Ricardo. Yeah, Merrim's not going to be much of a miss, to be honest. Ricardo will probably come in for a will, which we'll see Argudo on the bench. I think really the main one to watch will be whether it's Patrick or JJ up top. Yeah, I think I think, I think, I think it's going to be, be Mullins, Patrick. Yeah. But, um, well, Mullins didn't even sit on the bench the first game, so I, I feel like Porter likes Williams, but we'll see what happens. But I, I'm actually looking forward to it. Now, I... I'll be completely honest. I have not cared about U.S. men's national team for at least a year, so I didn't even know that we had friendlies coming yeah. up. So um, I'm actually looking forward to the next week's game now if we have a little bit of change-up to kind of see what kind of depth we actually have. Right, yeah, and I think this is going to be good because we, we're we probably going to see Sosa at some point. 
Uh, we're probably going to see Argudo. Maybe if he subs in or if, if he starts, he can oh, start in so. Trap's role. Number two lobster. Um, he, he did play more of a central midfielder uh, position in uh, in preseason. So if he right. if he would start in Trap's place, I would be fine with that. Um, Potentially Hanson if he's back on the bench or right. Eddie. Um, oh, yeah. I forgot, that, I forgot about Eddie. Uh, yeah. Um, also, with Zach... I have a weird hunch that he is going to play. Like, I, I feel like, you know, he pulled out of the U.S. squad. Um, I feel like that's just more of a precaution thing, I think. I, I, I have a feeling he'll... I, I, I do have a feeling he will play yeah, in Philly. When that tweet I, came I, out today... Um, it just feels very, you know... They said that he took a knock before the game yesterday. Yeah. And he still played the entire game yesterday and had a great game. So I, I would expect him to play. He also didn't have much to do, so he had time to heal, so that works out perfectly. You know what it is? It's Greg still working for the crew maybe he's like, hey you guys just take zach he's about to leave take advantage of him while you can that would be great if that's true thanks Greg. well thank you so much for listening to podcast for columbus i have been todd fichtenberg at topic 33 i'm here with coda store at coda store and cam mckay at cam mckay 4 i'm happy saint patrick's day uh, we'll see you next week after the philly game peace Go crew. Vamos.